0: This week on three questions by Corey Kareem. What's a favorite quote or mantra that you live by?
1: <laughs> Real G's move in silence like lasagna. <laughs> <laughs>
0: welcome back guys welcome back to another episode of three questions by Corey Kareem the podcast where we sit down with some amazing people who are doing some amazing things and that's right you guessed it we asked them three questions sometimes four sometimes five I know I know I know but rather than talk about people's wins or successes uh we talk about their failures more specifically the lessons that they learn from those individual experiences. So with that being said, my guest today is a social media strategist, beauty founder, and all around socially savvy cheerleader for beauty and lifestyle brands. She is the founder and CEO of Socially Media Agency, a boutique social media marketing agency that helps beauty and lifestyle businesses create consistent quality and visionary content for their brand's social media. She's worked with beauty brands such as Bite Beauty, NYX Cosmetics Canada, and Shea Moisture Canada, to name a few. She also owns her own beauty brand, Oily Skin Care, which has a mission to promote skin health and skin perfection by creating the first-ever subscription box that helps people discover new skincare products from both indie. And BIPOC owned brands. Since launching her own skincare line, she's partnered with brands such as Three Ships Beauty and The Body Shop, to name a few. So, without further ado, Nia Lee, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Corey. That's that's so funny. Like when people send over bios or when you're sent over your own bio, you're like, you don't even realize how much you've done until someone reads it out for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was taking it in. I was like, wow, this is a lot
1: yeah it's a lot
0: it's a lot and there's so many times where I wanted to say Nia Long when I was saying (laughs) her name even now it was like it was like a mental gymnastics trip I had to like my brain like froze because you're so like Nia Long it's almost like synonymous at this point so
1: yeah, no, (laughs)
0: Nia Lee was like I had to say you're, that trying, a few you're times. trying to bring
1: it you're trying to bring yeah I don't I don't think my mom like my mom loved uh liked me actually I asked her the other day why like why she named me after Nia Long and I always thought it's because she liked her but she said no I just thought the name was really nice but yeah so m- shout out to my mom for naming me Nia uh after Miss Nia Long or maybe not after Miss Nia Long e- either way mm-hmm. um and yeah shout out to my dad for the lead there you
0: go <laughs> that's what's up um so Nia it's it's so good to have you on yes. my podcast? Uh, I came across some of your social media content, which is how I got introduced to you. I was like, Oh, this is pretty good! Nice, I gotta, I gotta connect with this person. <laughs> I, I love connecting with movers and shakers, people that are really making things happen. And so, I, I was really happy uh, when you accepted uh, my invitation to be on my platform. So, thank you again for taking your time.
1: Of course, of, of course. Pleasure.
0: So um for my listeners, for my audience that is not familiar with who you are, and I know I just kind of gave a bit of an intro, uh, but why don't you tell folks a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and like where your inspo came from?
1: Yeah. So well, my name's Nia, of course. Um, and this is it's such a cra like this journey has been like I wanted to say full of just like so many things that I couldn't even put my finger on. Cause this really all started, um, from the moment. Like I would think I was like 13 or 14 and like, I wanted to be on TV. Like I wanted to do broadcast journalism. Right. So I wanted to be on CB 24, want to do the news, want to do the mm-hmm. weather, whatever. And at the time uh, my aunt was like, Oh, you know, like, maybe that's not the most, um, it's not the most, uh, it's kind of like a one shot in the dark kind of thing. Right, like it's, right, it's right. not a it's not something that you, you know, aren't gonna be able to jump right in. And this was back in like two thousand and six or like two thousand, yeah, two thousand six, two thousand and seven, maybe even before that as well. Too. I don't know the the, month, the years are going by. But right. yeah, long story less long, I had to pick something else, right. found my way into the world of PR and communications, mm-hmm. went to school for that. Uh realized in my third year I had I wanted nothing to do with the traditional uh PR landscape. And this was pre, I don't want to say this is pre-social media, but this is definitely before you know people are using social media as business platforms, right? So So what year,
0: what year are we talking about?
1: So when was I in I was in university in 2014, I think. Okay. 2013. So I graduated in 2017. So my third year, it's like 2016. I'm in class for like one of the only PR classes I think I was taking that actually taught me anything about the PR world. Mm -hmm. And I just remember our teacher, our professor had somebody come in because he was obviously working in the PR space. And so he had a lot of his colleagues and stuff like that come in and talk to us and give us an idea about what the landscape is like for real. And I just remember being like, I don't want anything to do with this. So I guess I'm just going to have to finish out my degree. I was working at the time as well, too. I've always been working. I've been working since I was 15. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll work. I'll finish this degree. And then I'll try to figure it out in whichever way. And while I was also doing this. Uh, like I said, I was working, but I was working at a lot of beauty companies. So I was working, uh, you mentioned NYX. I was working at NYX. Right. I had worked for a brand called Desium as well, too, that was really popular and still really popular. I had worked for a ton of brands and in that time period. So I, my love for beauty was very much ramping up. So much right. so that like I dabbled in like makeup artistry, you know, wanting to be my own beauty guru. Again, this is when the world of beauty and social media are really prevalent, and like you see all the YouTubers and all that. So I really wanted to like find my way into that space while I was trying to figure out what I wanted to, quote, unquote, do career wise. Uh, And so long story less long, I ended up interning at a PR agency uh, here in Toronto, and I really got my feet wet in the world of uh, social media, you know, creating graphics, you know, Everything from the marketing aspect to community, just the whole like pretty much everything that I essentially do now on within right. my own merit uh, was doing for brands. Like I said, Shea Moisture and some other hair care brands and some other beauty brands underneath there was working at Bite Beauty at the time as well, too. And I remember I had a friend of mine who I was working with who said uh she had a business at the time. She had a microblading business. Shout out to Jen. Mm-hmm. She was and I was. Uh, she showed me her social and I was obviously in that space as well too. And I remember just giving her pointers and tips and this was in 2018, 2019. And Mm -hmm. I remember giving her some tips and saying, Hey, uh, you know, do this, do this, do this. She was completely floored with it. She's like, Oh my God, you're so good at this. Oh my God. I got to tell everybody about you. But when I want to show people your social and show them that you're this like social media, you know, whiz, it's all beauty stuff. It's you doing makeup and all these other stuff that just don't, you know, a quote unquote align. And so she was kind of the reason why I spearheaded to create, uh, which was at the time social media agency, which was my uh, the first the same Instagram account I have now for my own socially savvy Nia it was social media agency. And 2019 I was also, again, after I left Bite, I was working at a beauty bar doing social media for them. And I loved that job. I'd also been doing my own agency stuff on the side, you know, just posting content, going live. Again, this is before everybody wanted to go live on Instagram. And yeah, people were still going live and whatnot, but nobody was really like looking at it from like a a quote unquote agency slash, um, you know, let's just use social media to like get our business out there. right? Right. And I had been doing this on the side and uh, shout out to uh, Teresa from we rise experience. I, I think I've been doing this for maybe like a month or maybe three months and a bit. And mm-hmm. she reached out to me saying, Hey, like, do you do this for businesses? Like, do you do social media? I have an event coming up. I need someone to do social media for the event.
0: Mm-hmm. She
1: was like, can I see your service guide? I had no service guide, Corey. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, uh, yeah, give me to the <laughs> end of the day. And I rushed, created some stuff on Canva, put like right. literally built my, you know, brand colors, logo, the whole thing on, the spot. on this, like literally on the spot. And mm. honestly, since then, the rest has been history because I've been able to, so while, so this is around like uh, this was 2019 and 2020, obviously the pandemic happened. I got fired mm. from my beauty, uh, from working at the beauty bar doing social media and that kind of spearheaded one me doing this fully as well as some other stuff within the business as well, too. Uh, And then long story less long, that's pretty much just what I've been doing. I I went back into the corporate space last year just to really try my hand at it, see if this is something that I really want to do. And they fired me last uh, in June. And you know what? It was something that really allowed me to really see that I was able to do what I'm currently doing now, which is, is again, doing social media for uh, beauty, lifestyle and wellness brands. Uh, and you know everything from management to video content creation to strategy—essentially all the stuff I would be doing for a corporation anyway. I'm just doing it within my own merit and with the brands that I really, really love. And I've been able to work with some amazing brands, uh, just again, on my own merit, not through clout, not through me knowing somebody who knows somebody, just me being super duper scrappy, you know, going on Eventbrite, seeing who needs, you know, who has an event Mm. to see if they need somebody who's social media or just, you know, taking the products I already have, creating the content and, having brands notice that. And then that lead to, you know, an actual brand wanting to pay me. So, Everything has been very much a journey of right. going my own path slash, uh, just being just ready when people are like, "Hey, do you like? Can we work together?" And I'm like, "Yeah, and I'll figure it out later."
0: <laughs> right, right. And I, I love that you you hit on a lot of key things there, right? And so one thing I heard twice in your story, uh, thank you for sharing, is that mm-hmm. you know you were fired from your job twice, but it seems like at least my interpretation of that, yeah, it seems like that was a blessing in disguise. Would that be
1: absolutely, effective? yeah. You know, absolutely. Like even the the job uh that I I actually didn't get fired from the beauty brand job. I actually just left because I was making good money off of my business. Gotcha. Um, and when we got back up and running, my boss at the time, who shout out to Mary uh because she really gave me the battery in my back to do what I do now fully mm-hmm. while I was doing while I was working there and. I remember like, yeah, everything came back up and running and she's like, you know, hey, and I'm like, I think I'm good. And so Mm -hmm. that was, you know, that was cool in that moment and also really affirming. But then uh, last June uh, when they let me go, you know, I think I cried for like a day. And I think I had, I called my boyfriend, I called my best friend, I called my mom and everybody obviously was like, oh my God, this sucks, but you're going to be okay. Okay. And to have those, you know, close people in my life that I love, give me that, essentially affirm me something that I kind of already knew in like the pit of my stomach uh, slash like as soon as like, I can't, I can't even really explain it to you. Like as soon as that happened, I remember it was June 6th, Monday, June 6th, like I think the same week I got uh, like a message from Three Ships Beauty about wanting to like be in my subscription box for my beauty brand. Like, right. it's literally like as soon as it happened, God was like, OK, you have all the leeway now to go off and run and do you um, and, you know, focus on your beauty brand. And then I paused on the beauty brand last year because I started getting a bunch of clients with my agency and things just, right. again, started to to roll into it. So it's really like the floodgates were like, hey, you're here, you're ready, you're free. Let's go.
0: Right. That's amazing. Um, so. um. It sounds like you've had a lot of success in a, a fairly short period of time. Fairly.
1: Fairly. Fairly.
0: <laughs> um, and so a part of the focus of this podcast is to talk about, you know, the difficult times, the times that people are, are usually unlikely to yes. post or talk about on social media. So as a content creator and a skincare beauty influencer, if I can call you that, what but has loosely, been... Loosely, loosely. <laughs> um what has been your biggest failure to date and why was it your biggest failure and how did you get through it and and over it
1: mm, biggest failure to date biggest failure to date i would say and i don't know if like i call this like a full full failure because i really like my whole conversations of like my in my internal meaning of failure and rejection mm-hmm. like i got rid of that like way early in my life. Like I remember mm. uh wanting to like I i always had this thing about wanting to work. Like I always wanted my own money. I always wanted to right. you know do my own thing. Did a paper route when I was 14. Likewise. As soon as I was 15. Yeah. Paper route at 14, making 40 bucks a month.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh and you know as soon as I was 15, got my first job at Tim's and then got my job uh, then got another job at Starbucks. So I'd always wanted my own uh money to be able to do my own thing. But mm-hmm. I think like so that idea of like and I remember applying to like 300 maybe 600 jobs on indeed and like just trying to go through everything Mm. so like this whole thing of rejection and failure like i don't look at it as that i really do and this may be corny or cheesy to say but i really look at it as something i have to go through in Mm. order to see the other end of the you know the end of the tunnel or to be able to decide about how i want to be able to move in my business going forward so I'll say this, I've had two, I've been, again, I've been really blessed to work with some amazing brands and people. Uh, unfortunately, within my time frame, I've had to work with two people who the relationship ended on a sour note. And mm-hmm. I'm not the type of person where like, I will say this, I have boundaries in place with my business. You know, I try to, you know, keep it as professional and whatnot as possible, but right. sometimes clients overstep those boundaries. And, mm-hmm. you know, as somebody who needs the money coming in for rent, and this is my only, you know, this is my only income really coming in right now. Uh, you know, you don't want to quit. You don't want to, you know, lock things up and say, yeah, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. Cause it's, you know, X, Y, and Z. But I've had to do that. And I don't know if I, again, like, I don't know if I look at it necessarily as a failure, more so like something I had to do in mm-hmm. order to one, protect my peace, ensure my boundaries were in place, and say to myself, you know what? Like, at the end of the day, I get it. Work is not supposed to be fun every day. Like, there's obviously going to be stress and hardship of stuff that you do. But what I like, I really enjoy what I do. And I'm also really good at what I do. So it becomes this it's not a really a a moral dilemma for me to say, you know what, if I don't feel good doing something anymore, maybe this is an opportunity for me to actually reflect and say to myself, okay, like, maybe I need to figure out what's going on here. And if I have to end a contract early, or, you know, have an uncomfortable conversation with, you know, those clients at the time, I, you know, it definitely needs to be done. And, I ain't gonna hold you. Like, I don't like to, you know, be in those types of situations where there's contention and there's all that type of stuff, because it can become such a, you know, I just really want to get to the work and be able to do what I do. But there's certain people who, especially in the social media space, who, when you hire out like an agency or a freelancer or whatnot, they kind of sometimes treat you like an employee. And -hmm. it's like, I don't need to go to the company meetings. I don't need to do this, that, and the third. I just need whoever I need to speak to, to be able to liaison that information to me and so on and so forth. But long story less long with those clients, you know, I had to end one of them ended the contract early, even though we had a lot of, you know, back and forth. Uh, And the other one, I think I had to end the contract early because it was just becoming unhealthy. And I was talking to my family and my friends and, you know, my MO is not to quit. Like, I don't ever want to do that. Like if we're working Mm -hmm. together, it's because I see a future there. I want us to be able to pour into each other. And I'm the type of person, like if I'm working with you, like even though i might have different clients i do give you my my attention like you know right. i'm on the same page as you so to have to end have to those things end and me have to end it did definitely put a sour taste in my mouth and made me feel like mm, maybe i'm not cut out for this area of you know this type of you know client but again not necessarily the biggest failure in the world because then that prompted me to be able to change the director like the direction of where I wanted my business to go to say, mm, I think I only want to work with you know product-based brands or gotcha. I only want to work with you know BIPOC owned brands, you know what I mean? Where I feel like I can really, you know, allow my style mm-hmm. and my flavor to, you know, soar. So again, it's Those those failures and those things that happen, I I really treat them as something that does need to happen in order for me to be able to to, to see a brighter future for where I want things to go.
0: Right. So in in other words, um, you see your failures as lessons. That's Absolutely.
1: That, that L to lesson, you know, turning, turning the L's to lessons. I don't know if that's a rap verse or something like that, <laughs> but, but that is my yeah. philosophy because I do truly believe that like you're supposed to go through things in life mm-hmm. in order for you to figure out what you need to learn to be a better version of yourself. Cause you can't control other people and how they act, how they respond, all that kind of stuff. Like, right. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you how to do your business. I'm not even really trying to tell you to, to listen to me all the way. Right. But the way that I operate is that, you know, if we are working together, I want it to be a partnership and a collaboration. If it doesn't feel like that, then, mm-hmm. you know, again, I have those certain things in place to know, OK, maybe it's time to to move forward or, you know, so on and so forth.
0: Right. and And so from that, I get the feeling that you're not afraid to walk away from money
1: absolutely. Are you kidding me? Like money is not like, it's, it's an interesting thing. I was having this conversation with my friend, Chelsea, shout out to her mm-hmm. where I said, money is not like money to me is something that comes and goes. Right. So absolutely. like, yeah, like, you know, and I truly believe cause I, there's been times as well too, that I've had like 50 cents in my bank account, mm-hmm. sometimes hitting the negatives and I wasn't stressing or worrying. And what I actually would do in those time frames, I remember, like, even when I was on my, quote, unquote, lowest time, maybe not making any money, maybe things are slow. Um, I was, re- you know, I was referring business out to people. Like, I'm mm-hmm. that person. Like, I'm the person you go to if you're like, hey, like, do you know somebody who knows this? And do you, you know, I need somebody for this, this thing that I'm doing, this event. I'm the person that has the ability to be able to either find the person you're looking for or I already know the person who it is that you need. And I just actually just did that recently for somebody who I'm. There's an event uh, for one of my clients. They're launching some new products, and right. they told me they they needed a someone to do a photo booth. And I said, "Well, do you have somebody for the photo booth already? Because I think I have somebody for you." Mm. And they, she just told me that the check just cleared, like they just paid her. So it's like in my brain, I don't ever look at it like money is such a fluid thing. I believe it's something that comes and goes. I believe it's not a motivator for me for certain things. Like mm-hmm. I just really operate from a space of like you know again as cliche and as sometimes corny it might be like money just kind of flows my way and when i'm ready right. to, to allow something to come in is i will be there to receive it and if something misses me then like you know it wasn't even really meant for me in the first place
0: right no i, I love that mindset i have a similar mindset yeah. when it just comes to things working out the way that i wanted them to work out yes I, I say this thing where i learn to be unattached from the result. That now that doesn't mean that I don't care about the yes. result. Yes. I just I'm unattached from the final result, especially yeah. if I know that I've put in the work, the preparation, uh, the preparation, the time, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And it sounds like you have a very similar mentality um as well. And one thing that you you brought up reminded me so years ago there was a movie with Tom Cruise called Vanilla Sky. Mm. And there was something poetic in there and he was talking about Like it wasn't about failure, but it was about like if everything's good, how would you know it's really good if if everything was good? Right. And so what that made me come up with is through adversity comes the greatest success of success. So Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, like failure, like I have a tattoo on my on my left arm that says, um, through massive uh, excuse me. Now I'm actually forgetting what. Like,
1: <laughs> look at your arm.
0: <laughs> oh my god! It's been so long. The greatest of success comes to like massive failure or something like yes. that. Like so, basically, I should have to look. Just look at look at the arm. Yeah. What did I say here? Oh. Now I know what it says. That's pretty embarrassing.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Either success is massive failure. I should know this. I put it on my arm. You
1: put it on your arm, It was like 10 years ago.
0: So, (laughs) And I I put it on my arm 10 years ago because I was at my lowest point. You talked about having very little money in your bank account. So I had just moved back from New York. I wasn't supposed to come back. And my Mm. dream was always living in new york and i was doing that and i was living in new york and i was having that success and i had to come home i just remember being this like 26 27 year old kid on my mom's couch in the basement mm-hmm. having to start my life all over again Yeah, trying to pay whatever bills i have left in my savings account for all my stuff i had in the u.s and i'm like down to like five bucks mm-hmm. and i think i took a picture of that and i think it was like in like 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 nickels and dimes and dollars and stuff. I think I, put, I took a picture somewhere. I wish I could find it. Cause I'm like, I I'm going to remember this moment. Yes. Um, but, uh, to your point, I was able to, to take that kind of downturn in my life and I just use it to kind of fuel me. Yeah. And I, for me, I got a lot into like a lot of books. I had a good circle of friends. I'm very good. of. I'm very good at taking myself out of the trenches, right? Absolutely, yeah. You know, I feel like people need to find what their hacks are, because those downturns, they're inevitable, right? I came across yes. a quote one time that said, avoiding problems are inevitable. So your mindset should be, what problems do I want to have? Mm, right? yeah. Because after all, because you're a business owner, essentially a business is a solution to Absolutely. someone's problem, right? Um, So that's just one way of of looking at it. So um, let's talk talk about your day-to-day for a second. So as someone who owns their own social media agency, what does a a day in the life look like for you?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, again, every day is kind of different, but I would Mm -hmm. say if I'm being like completely honest, most days sometimes I'd be just working in my bed. Like that's really (laughs) just where I want to be. Like I got the laptop ready, I yeah. know the things that I got to do. Um, I'm really like a stickler for calendars. So like mm-hmm. I try to do to put everything in my calendar. Like I, again, I, depending on like things I need to do and, you know, deadlines to things like that, I always try to put everything in my calendar. So I kind of make sure that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, staying throughout that. Uh, And again, that could be again like checking my emails stuff like that. I don't, I don't, I don't really have a lot of. I hate having a full inbox, so I always Mm -hmm. need to ensure. And I've got three different emails that I'm always looking uh, within, so I'm always trying to make sure that's clear and ready to go. Uh, And you know, it's just it's a combination of a bunch of stuff. It's a combination of you know checking in with my clients, you know posting content, scheduling content, making Mm -hmm. sure I'm looking at analytics, making sure I'm doing community engagement. Uh, If I'm looking recently, I've been looking for new clients. So outreach, taking time to do that, connecting with brands. Because a lot of my, what I do comes down to one being on top of it, but also being like very aware of like everything that's going on because social media is always going super duper fast. Mm -hmm. So whether that's checking in, you know, with the latest beauty news, again, being on top of certain things that's going on within my current clients industries, you know, from competitors just having, just always again, you kind of have like a bunch of tabs open. Even though I'm right. not the type of person to have a bunch of tabs open, I like to have different windows open because it's right. too much. But it's a combination of just really, you know, working mostly on my laptop and my computer. Uh, but also, I'm trying my hardest now to to try to, especially with the, the weather getting a bit warmer, to get outside. Mm. Whether it's even working outside as well right. to change your location, uh, change my location, you know, um, yeah. and. Also within the weeks as well, too. Like, you know, I sometimes will schedule like time to catch up with like friends, even sometimes with family as well, because I'm realizing as I get older, I really just want to strengthen the relationships I have with people. Right. And it's super important to me to be able to Mm -hmm. see my friends, see my family, love on them, check in with them, even on virtually as well, too. Like my always the reason why again like i know i'm able to to know the right people at the right time is because i take time to build relationships with people and i think that's where like the communications pr stuff comes in because the whole industry is about relationships so i i realized even early on in my career that like my career is crazy but uh because i don't really i've never really had a traditional career but in my time of doing things building relationships with amazing people and some of these relationships i've i've again i've only had virtually like there's some people right. i haven't even met yet and so it's it's super important to me to be able to do that what Wilt's doing all of the other work stuff as well too because i'm also realizing in my business day to day right now right here right now like april 2023 that the people who I end up wanting to work with are the people that I have great relationships with. Right. And it's not by happenstance. It's just people who I genuinely enjoy and they genuinely enjoy me. And we also happen to be great at what we do. And then it comes down to, Oh, like, are you doing like, you know, I know a client who needs social or, Oh, do you know somebody who needs a photographer or Hey, Mm -hmm. like, are you ready to do this? Like, so that's really how all these things end up being Um, And I don't have to. And I can say, thankfully, I haven't had to search far and wide for clients and this, that and the third, because everything has just been, you know, relationship based, even this podcast recording. Here we go. Right,
0: right, right. And you hit on so (laughs) many you hit on so many notes there. Right. And I'm I'm relating to you on so many levels. First of all, let's talk about prioritizing relationships. I think that is a skill everyone should hone, irrespective of your industry. Mm -hmm. Um, For me some of my best opportunities have come through relationships. Like, mm-hmm. so when I started my media career at Rogers, mm-hmm. someone that I worked with in a completely different division, I was in broadcast. They just sent me an email and say, hey, I got an opening in our digital media department. Do you want yes. it? That was it. I was like, can you tell me about the role? She's like, oh, yeah. Yes. You meet me at Tim Hortons right now. Yes. Talk about it. <laughs> And she literally said, if you want it, just formally it's it and it's yours, right? Just off of the strength of she knows my work ethic. Mm-hmm. She knows my personal brand, et cetera, et cetera. Everything mm-hmm. you were talking about. My new role now, because I'm at Spotify. Awesome. Same thing. A friend I knew that I worked with, again, at Rogers Media. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like, so, and for me, I'll go one step further in terms of what you're sharing about relationships. I don't reach out to people just when I need something I check in because you don't want to come off as that person, you know, when you're down and out Yeah, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I like to try my best. I don't always do a great job with this, but check in on like a quarterly basis, whatever, with people that I used to work with so on and so forth to keep those relationships warm. Someone told Mm -hmm. me like is there came a certain point in his career that, he never had to apply for jobs. They always yeah. came through a referral. And even if you own a business, the same thing, right? They say word yeah. of mouth is the best type of uh, clients, right? Absolutely. Um, and then there was something else that you said that really kind of uh, stood out to me. When you're talking about like, you know, going through your day-to-day mm-hmm. and your prep, I wanted to kind of pick your brand and ask you, like, how do you specifically handle like challenges or mm-hmm. setbacks. And what I mean by that is, do you have like a routine? Like, mm-hmm. so for myself, for example, if I'm in a bad mood, I have a playlist, a Spotify yeah. playlist, shameless shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a playlist that I listen to, to mm-hmm. kind of put me in a certain mood. Right. Um, So I'm wondering if you have any type of hacks or things you do when you're being challenged with like just a rough day or a rough situation, like what's your routine?
1: Yeah, I think um, I I ain't gonna hold you. I don't have the, I'm not that, I'm not a routine girl. Like I know there's people that got things down and out and I wish I could be one of those people, but I'm just not to my core. Mm. Uh, I will say though, when I do, when I'm not feeling it, I don't force myself Mm. because that's something that I used to do and I would get burned and I would get burnt out and I experience burnout (laughs) often because right. i just there's so much there's always something to do there's always something to check there's always you know you know and i'm very like detail oriented with stuff so like i will stay up until like 1 or 2 a.m or sometimes mm. 5 a.m or 7 a.m to ensure that i get this whole thing done so i can send mm. it to my client and schedule the email for eight so when i when i have those when into to minimize a lot of that because again i used to do that really early on uh, i just don't fake the funk like i take a day like i think right trying to push yourself to do the most when you're not feeling it. Mm. It's just, you know, and again, like there's certain people that would say, oh, you know, you still got to push yourself and all that. I just don't see why. Like right. the, the work will be there tomorrow. It'll be there on Monday. I need and that advice. Yeah. Like I just, I, I struggle
0: just think- with that personally.
1: I think we all do. And like, I'll even just say this as a black woman, we are so as a black woman, we're so hard on ourselves. We feel like we've got to do all the things for everybody and be so perfect. And like I was, I'm a recovering perfectionist because Mm -hmm. I felt like I needed everything to be perfect and pristine in order for people to see me a certain light. But now I just put things in place so I don't feel pressure. So instead of me telling a client, Hey, I'm going to get this to you within a week. I'm honest with them and say, I'll get this to you by the end of next week instead. Right, so right. I don't personally feel like so, again, like I'm also giving myself leeway to take a day if I want to. You know what I mean? Because there's, you know, life is lifing, right? It's getting Lo- warm. I want it. I want to I, I go out. So many
0: quotables right yeah. <laughs> now, man. Life is life. In, I, yo, life is lifing. <laughs> yo, so many quotables right here. So many yeah. gems you're dropping right here.
1: Yeah. Life um, is life. And we outside is warm. Yeah. If I want to go out with my friends on a Friday and call it a day after and not feel like I got to go back to work, I should be able to go ahead and do that, especially because I'm mm-hmm. doing things really on my timeline. And that's right. something that I've always like I've I've said this quote to myself a bunch of times. And now people say it in different ways. But I always say you're on nobody's timeline except your own. And I truly believe that with everything. So I also believe that with my day-to-day, which is like, if I'm not able to, and and I, I no longer feel shame if I'm not able to get something to a client the day that I say, I'm going to get it because again, life is lifing and things happen. I just, I'm honest. I say, Hey, so sorry. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be able to get this to you today, but I'll get it to you first thing in the morning and I'll do everything that I, and I'm, I'm big on integrity and professionalism and all that. So I'll ensure that I, if I'm saying I'm going to do something by that time, I'm going to do it. And that's the other thing. Like I don't put, I don't put like, huge deadlines on myself that i know i'm never probably gonna make you know what Mm. i mean because of just again things things uh things are happening and i feel like that is me uh what's it called that's me again making my own rules because again especially if you're in the corporate space you're just so used to all of that you know what i mean and i'm doing everything in my life possibly not to feel like i have to live up to this like Perfectionist corporate standard that I probably I don't have any interest in being a part of. Right. So it's my if if it's my business and this is what we're doing, I'm gonna run it the way that I see fit. So if a client is telling me, hey, like I need, you know, I'm launching something a week from now and I need a whole social media plan, I'll just let them know I don't think I'm the one for you. But if you, mm. you know, if you decide to launch this a month from now, we can work together, and we can go from there. I don't right. try to, again in the early stages. Again, when you want money and you want clients, you want to fit everything, and you'll do right. the most. But I've I've been doing this for four years now. I just did the math yesterday. Four years now, and yeah. the, the, I plan to do this hopefully until like I want to. I'm giving myself ten years, and then we'll see where life goes. Yeah. And then that again, I'll be able to change and do things differently. Uh, you know, within that time frame.
0: Right. No, that's amazing. And a couple of things I want to touch on what you said. The rest yes. part. Um, that's so huge because you know, I think since like 2010 has been that, you know, sleep is the cousin of death. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> what's the other what's the other saying that they have? You know, yeah. uh, time wastes for no man. Like, yeah. It's so yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. We go, all have go, the
1: go. we all have the same 24 hours in a As day. A day. Right. <laughs> you know?
0: but yeah, but like rest is actually helpful. So I actually so I'm getting better at that because that is one of my like pitfalls, right? Yes. I always feel like if I'm resting there's somebody out there that's going to outwork me, whether that's like you talk about like reading up on articles from yes. an industry perspective to find out what clients might be into. So I'm the mm-hmm. same guy, but, and so I struggle with having an off switch, right. Disconnecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yesterday I was proud of myself because uh, I had a big presentation with a client yesterday mm-hmm. that been prepping for all week. And I was like, ah, I haven't been to the gym twice yet this week. I was like, I want to go at 6 a.m. Oh. But then my body was like, Corey, I'm tired. I <laughs> this 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 hour rest will be more beneficial for you yes. than an hour in the gym today. You can go yeah. tomorrow. You like there's a couple more days left in the week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so usually in the past, I would have tried to push through that because I set this schedule and I want to follow it. But now I'm getting better and just listening to my body. So rest. Yeah. I think there's that negative connotation that comes with the rest. It doesn't mean yeah. that you're lazy, yeah. right? Because resting actually gives you strength and energy so you can perform at your highest. At your highest. That you need to, right? So I love the fact that you pointed out that out. And then when we talked about changing locations, I even, to take it even a step smaller than that, even when I'm at home, because I work from home most of the time, mm-hmm. I'll change locations in my condo. I'll even change positions, right? Because for me, yes. I present and I pitch for a living, so I might use one of my stools and sit on because it changes yes. my physiology, so therefore it changes the way that I project my voice, right? And to your point, sometimes I'll go down to you know my mom's condo, which yep. just happens to be down the street just just because I want a different change. That's it. Of scenery, right? Because yep. I all think that that, that all plays a, a psychological, a positive uh, mm-hmm. psychological. Uh, effect but I hear you on the deadlines I like to try and do what Amazon does I under promise <laughs> and over deliver so they say hey, absolutely yeah three so, days and is, is there on your your doorstep like, is, yeah. in, like two hours
1: you're like what? I think I think subconsciously I also do that too because right. I know I can get things done within a time with within a yeah. timely manner so I'm definitely the uh what what is it called uh, Amazon Prime yeah the Amazon yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, Amazon yes, totally. at doing that. Yeah. So, um, social media, man. Yes. I think would it be safe to say that's what you're known for most? Would you say that?
1: Yeah, social media, video as well too, like video. Right. Like I got on I, this whole video content conversation is like a very you know, with Reels and TikTok and all that, but I was talking yeah. about video way before everybody was really kind of like, oh, let's do video and let's do this, right. in short form and live and all that stuff. So, yeah.
0: Okay. So let's talk about that because yes. I know that's what everybody wants to find out more <laughs> about. So my first question for you, what are some social media myths?
1: Ooh, okay. Social media myths. Well, I mean, first up, the biggest myth is that you know, followers equal dollars, followers mm-hmm. equal sales, followers equals whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody for the most, I don't want to say everybody buys followers, but you can buy followers. It's a thing right. that you know companies are known for and and certain things like that and followers don't actually really like i uh, shout out to my friend gabby because she actually put out a post today about that uh mm. about how followers don't necessarily explain the impact you have it just really explains like the audience of people that you have which like right. we all know there's people in an audience that will listen versus be on their phone versus you know just follow your account to be nosy like there's different like people follow you for a bunch of different reasons as well right. too so this whole thing about followers equating into impact and dollars and sales is completely absurd. Uh, So I think people should focus less on necessarily like, I get you should be building a following and building a community, but I think, out of that or sorry out of the build a following you should be focused on actually building an engaged community of people uh, mm-hmm. on social and then actually eventually take those people out of social and bring them into your own ecosystem of an email list or a text list or right. uh, to a you know a separate community or certain things like that because we all know these social media platforms can decide to implode absolutely today and how are you going to be able to reach your people right Abso- so.
0: absolutely absolutely Yes. So with that, so with that being said, I like where you're going with that. Yes. Um, you talked about engagement. Yes. That we should maybe not put so much attention or focus on the following and focus on driving engagement yes. um, with our followers. So when you look at your social media feed, out of all the different metrics which ones are you prioritizing? Like, are you looking at the saved? Mm -hmm. Are you looking at the share button? Like, walk me through your analytical process for your videos.
1: Yeah, so I'm looking at three things. I'm Mm -hmm. looking at the saves Mm because that lets me know this person found this information incredibly valuable, so much so that they either wanted to come back to it or they wanted to be able to have it within their ecosystem of content so that they can, you know, come back to it, comment on it later, maybe share it out to somebody, you know, you know, mm-hmm. when they see them, whatever. That is a great indication to know that people want this info. So you should be creating this type of info often or creating this type of video often because there's something in there that people really resonate with. Right. Same thing with the share button or being, you know, shared metrics as well too. Uh, that is again, another indication of how many people want one, like really mess with what you're saying, but also want a bunch of other people to know what it is that you're saying as well too. So whether it's a joke, uh, whether it's something entertaining, something funny, I mean, that's always a shareable option there. Uh, But also if it's something that is just extra relatable, like I think more Mm -hmm. so than anything, we are realizing that relatable content, content, you know, edutainment content that people can really connect to and feel some sort of you know, just they can feel, they can see themselves in the video or the, or the, you know, the graphic post or the tweet or whatever people want to, you know, put that out there for a bunch of people to see either also to, to really also co-sign who you are as a person. Cause I've done that as well too, where I've shared content to my feed and I'll just put like three uh, bullseye emojis to Mm. really let people know this is the type of time I'm on. so don't come to me with no foolishness (laughs) and all that kind of stuff like this is the time i'm on or this is a statement or a video and piece of content that i really rock with so i want you to pay attention right right and then last but not least comments comments to me are gold Mm. because you are able to really want engage back with your community in the Mm -hmm. followers because like something that i've noticed pretty often is how much brands don't engage with people and their followers like I, or so engage with people in their comment section. Like, they'll like a couple things here and there. They will respond to a couple things there. Right. But I definitely think, one, to just ensure that your content gets to a bunch of people and then it's kind of circulating within the algorithm to, you know, know that that engagement is constant. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, my client, Herlistic, uh, we put out a reel uh, on Monday, this uh, past Monday. Uh, it was a review that the founder uh, was mm-hmm. reading. And it was a very hilariously salacious uh, reel. Is about our uh, about uh, their kitten cleanse, mm-hmm. uh, and it was hilarious. It was funny. It was informative, and the a bunch of people that commented either, "Oh my god, I've been influenced." This is hilarious. We mm-hmm. even had the review. The person whose review it was actually come into the comment section and say, "Yep, I still believe this." Mm-hmm. And so the comments are a really great place to build that camaraderie and really see who right. actually actually within your follower. Uh, you know, who, who are actually within your followers actually rocks with you enough to engage and write a comment. Because that's the thing. Not a lot of people be like, like people be liking stuff because it's so easy. Right. But to type something out to do Effort. all that, that's a, that's, a, that's a lot of work. Yeah. So on top of that, it's like, why would you not respond to that? Why would you not reply to that? Why would you not also not continue with that? Because there's been times as well too, where I've even gotten clients out of a comment section. Like right. I'll post a video about a product and a brand will absolutely love it. And they'll say, Oh my God, like, this is amazing. Can we share it to our page? Or, Oh my God, we need to work with you. And so the comment section to me is an opportunity to really allow that, you know, uh, that relationship that, you know, to actually start in a way, you right. know what I mean? Cause I've even slid into people's DMS based off comments as well too, just to, you know, they'll reply to what I, you know, they'll write a comment and I'll just hit them in the DM and say, Hey, thanks so much for your, your comment or, I've had people ask me questions like social media stuff related. And I'll say, you know what? I'll send you a DM or I'll send you a voice note or I'll send you a video. And right. through there, I'm able to actually build on that relationship and actually start because we all know it goes down in DMs. So mm-hmm. that really allows for, you know, an opportunity right. to see, okay, I'm going to go the extra mile.
0: Right. Let's now let's talk about mistakes. What are some common mistakes you see
1: mm-hmm.
0: up and coming social media influencers
1: make? Yeah, I would say definitely, uh, you know, they focus really heavily on being like product pushers instead of actually being like people pusher like themselves. Like right. I think now more than ever, uh, influencer marketing and all that it's, you know, it's lucrative. It's, it's what the brands are spending their most money on. They're spending millions of dollars on influencer marketing every year, every year, the number keeps going up, but so the, the, the market's there, but I think a lot of people want to get into it because they think it just means free product. And mm. for a certain amount, it does, but you really need to be a person and build a personality and an engage community of people before you even decide to push anything in front of their faces, right. right? And actually ensure that you have longevity within that space. So I think focusing on product is not the greatest thing. Focus on building a community and just showing up as you are. Mm. The other thing to influencers that they find themselves in this bit of a thing is they, well, what's the, what's the... What's the biggest thing is that they get really comfortable sometimes with allowing the platforms to kind of like, you know, get, they get, they get in their head about the platform, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like they'll complain about, you know, Instagram, you know, suppressing their content or, right. you know, I don't really, you know, Oh, I don't want to post here anymore. Cause this, that, and the third. And I think what it actually comes down to is influencers maybe feel like they need to be everywhere but i think in this day and age like you really just kind of you don't need to be everywhere you really just need to kind of be in like one or two maybe mm. three places interesting uh especially with these new you know with obviously with tiktok with this new lemon8 app with all these other different yeah. platforms like there's just so much and i think influencers can get really overwhelmed and we're not in a time where you need to be on everything like right. there are some uh, you know and the influencers that i used to watch on youtube are now heavily on instagram versus youtube or right. the influencers that i used to follow on instagram are not on instagram anymore they're heavily on TikTok. Mm. so you know influencers jump around they try to see what works in different places and i'll say this this kind of bleeds into the last uh thing is influencers oh i just had it did i lose it did yeah. i lose it oh no i think i lost it but no it's something along the lines of
0: yeah
1: it's something along the lines of them oh them creating the same content for every platform, like, and I'll even say this even for brands as well, too, meaning they will put out the same content on every single platform, even though every single platform requires a different level of care and Mm -hmm. packaging, if that makes sense.
0: So that's a no, no, that's what you're saying.
1: Exactly. Like you can't like, yes, I guess this is the, you know, people will post their TikToks on their Instagram and their Instagram on their TikToks. But sometimes there's influencers that post it like TikTok is a very creator focused platform. Right. So you'll see a lot of people like lean into that. Cre- and when I say creator focused, I mean, it's yeah, there's businesses that do really well on there, but you have to be very like people focused. And we've right. got to see you. We've got to see all of the, the ins and outs. So when it comes down to that, you can't you might not necessarily want to do all of that on YouTube. On mm. YouTube, you might just want to talk about behind the scenes. You might right. want to do some blogs. You might want to, you know, maybe do some commentary. Uh, but you might not want to do commentary on Instagram because ain't nobody's mm. no, they wanna wanna to want to hear commentary Fair. on Instagram. People want to Fair. hear they want something, you know, short, snappy, something aesthetically pleasing, right? Mm-hmm. So every platform is different in its own way. And I think right. What influencers make the biggest mistake of is putting their content and, you know, putting the same content everywhere where every platform requires you to be kind of different and different and malleable.
0: Right. Right. I like that. And that actually leads into my next question. So I literally have written here, Instagram, TikTok and YouTube, yeah. which one is best for what?
1: So Instagram, I would say, is great. Like if like, let's just let's let's speak business wise, because I, mm-hmm. I particularly work with a lot of like beauty brands, lifestyle brands, wellness brands. Instagram is great because it's got the ability for you to be able to sell product, right? You've got the mm-hmm. Facebook marketplace. You can get all that set and ready to go. It's also good for ads as well, too, if you're into that space. But Instagram is really great for also a portfolio piece as well, too, because here's what's going to happen. If someone finds out about your brand, right, mm-hmm. they're going to Google your brand and they're going to mm-hmm. go to your website and they're immediately going to go scroll down to see what social media platforms you're, you're on. They're going to probably go to your Instagram to see if you're legit because brands who are not legit, you're going to maybe not see an Instagram. Maybe you click on the link on their website and it doesn't even bring you to a right page. I've had that happen as well too. Mm -hmm. Or that also gives me a temperature check check to see how frequent you're really out here. Mm -hmm. Like if I go on your Instagram and the last time you posted was June 29th, 2021, Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to say, Oh, if I want to, because to me, if you're not even active on Instagram, which to me is really like a platform you really are active on to really get a temperature check about your brand, because right. most people are checking Instagram anyways, right? So that to me is the the real kind of temperature check, portfolio check to really see if all your ducks are in order, right? Right. I would say TikTok is really that platform. Uh, if you want to really showcase personality behind the scenes, you really are okay being comfortable on camera and having a personality and really engaging with people. And you're, you're really great at putting out content Mm -hmm. at like, you know, you can, if you have the ability to put out like five videos a day, maybe, you know, for a month or two or maybe three Mm -hmm. and really test out, that's kind of what uh, TikTok is really like. And, I, the thing I love about TikTok is you have the ability to be able to just be yourself, show up as you are. You don't need to, you know, have a full face and makeup on. You don't have to present as if mm. you're like this perfect business owner all the time over Interesting. on TikTok. Like
0: So why do you yeah. think it's different than Instagram in that sense? Like what?
1: Because I think Instagram has always kind of been that platform that people want to go on to present a certain way of who they are. Right. Like in the beginning, it was very heavily about the photographers showcasing right. their work and showcasing how gotcha. perfect and pristine their work was, right? So by proxy, mm-hmm. everybody kind of followed the same, the same, um, they followed the kind of the same route, right? Mm-hmm. And with reels coming out, you know, yeah, you get to see more people's personality and all that kind of stuff, but it's still, everything still needs to be perfect on Instagram. That's, I, mm-hmm. that's what I've always said to everybody is that if you don't care about perfectionism and you just kind of want to put up your camera and chat, TikTok is the place to go ahead and do that. And you can get a honest and you can also get honesty from like anybody, because we all know, like right now, TikTok, oh, sorry, Instagram is not even I think Instagram shows about 10 percent of your content or like it shows 10 percent of your followers, your content. So not even everybody can even come across your content, you know, if they're even following you. Whereas TikTok, it's got the following page, but it's also got the for you page. And the For You page is full of just, like, content that either you've, you know, that falls within your location, falls within the stuff that you've clicked on, falls under the stuff that you've searched. And that stuff is coming up into you. And, again, the more things you engage with, click, you know, save, comment, that kind of content will, con- you know, consistently come up. And there's not a there's not a huge, like, barrier with TikTok. You can really yeah. just kind of just go on there and do your thing. You and know what? YouTube, That's- yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, sorry. no, no, no. <laughs> I, I was gonna say something on the TikTok before we went yeah. to YouTube. Um, what's funny is when I had taken clients out last year, last quarter, Q4. I so I have the TikTok app. I, mm-hmm. I've downloaded it. I registered <laughs> an account, but I haven't used it yet. And so I was just like, I like to do like my market research and talk. Yes. You no. Know? And I was just like, um, I was just curious. I was like what do you guys like most about TikTok? and ask like maybe 10 or 15 people over a period of time and the number one thing i heard back and i'm going to use the word that i'm going to use to describe yes. how they're how they were um uh, articulating it was relatability yes and so when i hear you talk about you know the ability to just really be yourself and you know strip down this is who i am That's the feedback that I got from the people that I asked, like it's, 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 it's more relatable. So it's so interesting to hear you just kind of say that back.
1: Yeah. And I, and like, I, I was the same way as you. Like I had, I had known about TikTok obviously for a Mm -hmm. minute and I had an account and I was like, okay, fine. I'll put something out. I'll see where this goes. And I had put out a video talking about uh, Haley Bieber, who like did this like lip liner hack or something like that, mm. and I was making a comment about how because the article was titled her essentially, you know, claiming this new lip trend that had obviously been around for years and decades within the Black community. And like our aunts and moms had been doing like the brown lip liner with gloss. Like mm-hmm. it was things that we had already known. And so I put out a post and I, I have a podcast as well too called What's New in Beauty. So I was I already yeah. talked about this topic, right? So I wanted to go to TikTok to also put that out there in relation to that. And that was probably my first video that went viral on TikTok. And that was like the first of three videos i think i did so that's the other thing about TikTok is that you could come out swinging and get Mm -hmm. a viral video just like that not necessarily because there's a makeup behind it but also if you talk about things that are current that's the other thing that i like about it is that if you're Mm -hmm. able to add your two cents onto a current topic that's already circulating the app or within news or within pop culture or just you know within what's going on in our society you're your ability to be able to be seen by a lot of people is a lot quicker versus Instagram sometimes. Like, right. again, this is a little messy, but I remember <laughs> this is so messy, but I remember when the whole Adam Levine thing came out about him right. like, you know, cheating on his wife. Right. I was on TikTok and the video of the side chick came up on my page. I was like, how <laughs> are even supposed to be seeing this right now? And then I went over to Instagram yeah. and no, nothing was being said. This was, this was the news hadn't broke. Nobody was talking Mm. about it. And I was like, oh, so TikTok is where you go when you really want to know what I Because real time, real time. Yeah, real time. I'm talking about the side chase video was the first. I was like, how am I? And even Rihanna, like even Rihanna's baby, like before Rihanna even announced, you know, hey, here's my kid to the world. Her video came up on my, I was like, and everybody in the comments was like, are we supposed to be here? Are we supposed to be seeing this? Like we were all in the same boat. So right. TikTok is really the place to go if you want to be real relatable and you you don't want to feel like you have to posture too much, if that makes right. sense. right? Um, and YouTube last but not least, which is I love YouTube. Like YouTube is my social media platform, like of leisure. Like I'm probably on YouTube 90 to 95% of the time, because again, I have my creators that I love, that I'm subscribed to, that I tap into. And, you know, I kind of feel like I'm, within my own community. But YouTube is really where you go. And a lot, you're probably going to see a lot of people or probably have already made the switch or adding YouTube onto their repertoire of social media because long form content is having, you know, long form content is in, which is why, you know, TikTok wanted to, you know, do the 10 minute uh, video setting because Uh, long-form content is in and long-form content gives people an opportunity to really get to know you and Mm -hmm. also to really get an essence of who you really are for a longer period of time. You know, Instagram is very short. TikTok is very short. Even YouTube, they have shorts as well too, but The, it, YouTube really thrives because you really get to know people. Like you really right. get to see the inner workings of the things that they're going through. You know, vlogging is really big on YouTube, right? Everybody from like Casey Neistat to like I don't know, like Marquez Marquez Brown. Like they, they're and even Marquez, like he's big in that reviewer kind of space, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know again like reviews like things that you can really you know sink your teeth into content you can really right. sink your teeth into and that you really want to dissect like i'm i love commentary content you know people mm-hmm. giving commentary on culture and relationships and dating and the whole mine so mm-hmm. i love i could sit there and watch a 30 minute video 50 minute video sometimes i i i watch the um i watch podcasts that are like 2 right. hours yeah
0: yeah I'm, and like I'm, it, I'm it's it's nothing
1: it's nothing to me right Right. So,, but I would never sit down and watch a live for an hour on Instagram. I would never do that, right? But, so it just yeah. goes to show you that YouTube is really this the place where you want to to really have deeper conversations you're willing mm-hmm. to kind of sink your teeth into. And you know that you have this, you know, you have this ability to also be really great at editing because, Editing is also super, like, I love editing. That's probably my favorite part about doing anything video related because I really believe the magic happens in editing. Mm -hmm. So if you know how to edit, if you know how to put things together, like, that's really where you're gonna thrive on YouTube. Whereas again, TikTok, you don't really need to be, you know, super duper savvy. And same thing with Instagram, you don't need to be overtly savvy as well too. Like YouTube, you really get to let your creativity fly.
0: Right, right. So would you say that, let's say someone who's, A beauty influencer, Mm -hmm. right? Let's say a makeup artist, yes, right? Would you say that they need to be on all three?
1: Uh, It it really depends. Like if if it, are they a makeup artist that has a business? Like, are they Mm -hmm. the, well, I would say not, definitely not. Actually. Yeah, I could, but again, it would really depend on, you know, what they can really do. I would say this, definitely be on Instagram Mm -hmm. because there's a bunch of people searching makeup artists, you know. Those keywords are really big on Instagram right now. They're big on uh, TikTok. So I would say be on Instagram and TikTok because especially if you're a makeup artist that is local and I have even seen traveling makeup artists as well, too, like you really get the opportunity to, to build a community and have people see your work, especially if you're located in a certain area or if there's a particular style or trend or anything in relation to that. YouTube, I would say, if you're wanting to go more in depth with teaching, like right. if you are really wanting to get into your teacher bag and you're really down to do tutorials and really walk people through things, because that's the other thing. Like I've seen people who are really great at makeup post their stuff on uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. and I can always tell that who's a makeup artist versus who's not because you're an influencer who's just posting your makeup routine and you're you know you're tagging all the brands because you want them to send you product, right? versus the artist the makeup artist and and i've seen makeup artists do this on uh instagram as well too so it's not super far-fetched but i would say if you want to really you know be a household name if that makes Mm -hmm. sense and you Mm -hmm. want people to know you for doing in-depth tutorials and really kind of walking people through step by step i would say youtube is definitely the platform to do that and i you know but again you can i say be on all of them because you you know you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So be everywhere to kind of, you know, you know, find, because you can find different audiences across different platforms, right. And find right. different people in different ways. But I would say definitely be on Instagram and TikTok. And if you start selling product, which is something that I love when makeup artists eventually do, like they say to themselves, like, I'm tired of, you know, using brand other brands, products and brushes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I want to create my own. It's even better. If you do it on, um, you know, on your own, uh, social media platforms on uh, Instagram and TikTok, because you can, you can have your link in bios, you can right. tag your products and it becomes just an immersive experience altogether.
0: Right. No, I love it. And th- I know there's a, a burning question that, um, for my audience for my listeners that are solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, very early stages. Yes. And so someone that's like in this space. So they're in the beauty space. So let's just use the the, the example of a makeup artist. Yes. How does that person who's using social media, they're mm-hmm. using TikTok, they're using Instagram, like you said, how do they get their first client? Like how did how do they position that? Like how do they shoot their shot? with Mm -hmm. high with a high clip rate but do you have a hack for that like what what was it what is that
1: yeah so I'll say this when Mm -hmm. I made the decision because uh in 2021 I made the decision to only start working with product-based beauty brands I had been working with everybody and everybody I had been working for you know photographers I had been working for people who you know were doing services and all that good stuff In 2021, I made the decision to say, I don't want to do none of that anymore. I want to work with product-based beauty brands. I want to work with product. I want to focus on video because that's what I love to do. That's what I'm good at doing. And I just want that to be the focus, right? So what I started doing, because I didn't have brands sending me product or wanting to work with me or anything like that leading up to, I just kind of set it. And I think I put out an Instagram post about it as well, too, to kind of just like let everybody know. But it wasn't like, you know, people were rushing to come work with me right away. So Mm -hmm. none of that was happening. What I started doing was taking the beauty products I already have and creating Mm -hmm. content with the stuff I already had. And what I started to do with that is I just post and I I used to do this thing every Tuesday called Texture Tuesday, which is a thing within like the beauty skincare community where Mm -hmm. you're showcasing the texture of products and, you know, really aesthetic, pleasing, stylized videos. So I just every single week, I did that for like a month or two. Mm-hmm. And eventually, things started finding their way. Not not that people were again reaching out to me, but I had enough in the you know the clip, the portfolio, mm-hmm. to be able to pitch myself to people who, and if I was looking for brands or brands followed me, mm-hmm. I was able now to back it up and say, "Hey, I have these, I have this content to give you a little bit of a taste about what it is that I can do." And, you know, uh, whether I wanted to offer out, you know, a discount for the first time or or, you know, again, I, didn't, I don't even think I offered a discount. I just think I, you know, I, I gave a rate that was, you know, fairly right. affordable, but not super high. And so for the artist, it's the same thing. Like if you're a makeup artist, nine times out of ten, you have family, friends, your mom, your sister, your boyfriend, whomever that mm-hmm. you can test your techniques and your skills on and create that high quality content start putting it out because nobody knows that that's your sister nobody knows that that's like your best friend nobody needs to know because i even did makeup artistry as well too and i did the same thing like years ago i wanted to be a makeup artist and what i actually did was i put out i would do makeup on my friends i would take photos edit them make them all look beautiful and stunning and I would just, you know, I started posting them in Facebook groups to say, Hey, like I'm, int- you know, I'm looking to build my portfolio. This is my work. Is anybody interested in me doing their makeup? And I would bring people into my house and do their makeup and just mm-hmm. chew content. So it's the, kind of the same, like, and I, again, there wasn't anybody, like I had friends obviously that I did makeup on, but I also just wanted people who didn't know me from a bag of bricks. Cause I really right. also wanted to get their feedback. Right. So that's the other thing with the makeup artistry, right? It the, the reason why someone wants to book with a makeup artist is because like how, what does the work look like?
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: also what is everybody saying about your makeup artistry as well too? Right. So within that, I would say find people who are already within your ecosystem to do makeup on, create really stylized content. If you don't have, you can't create it, you know, hire somebody or bring somebody into your ecosystem to film the content for you, edit the content for you, post it. And say, hey, this is what I'm doing. List out the products. Maybe speak to your technique as well too.
0: Right.
1: And say, hey, if you're interested in booking me, you know, DM me or actually not DM me. Here's my website. Here's my Calendly. Here's my Equity mm-hmm. scheduling. Here's something because that's the other thing. Like I think we're in a time now where people should have their ducks kind of in order. Mm-hmm. So to get out of that, because that's the other thing with makeup artists, right? With any kind of services or anything like that, where People like you don't want to get stuck in your DMs all day with people who you're right. not sure are interested in booking with you or anything like that. So to mitigate all of it, create an equity schedule, create a Calendly, all that stuff is free for, you know, a certain amount of months or, you know, a uh, serv- uh, certain amount of perks and whatnot. And get people in the habit of booking you and certain things like that. And another thing that I would uh, even recommend is have some, you know, early bird, um, have some type of early bird rate. As well, too. Like, if you're still new, mention that. Say, hey, I'm still new and I'm still working, but this is what I can do. And this is my special or this is my price for the next 90 days or the next 30 days or whatever that situation is. Mm -hmm. And build and slowly but surely build up your portfolio that way as well, too. And build up and get better at your content as well, too. Like, you don't have to be perfect out the gate. We just really need to see what you can do. Right. and another thing with makeup artistry as well too is like seeing the process so i don't want to see just mm-hmm. the finished version right. i want to see do you did you prep right. uh were you like what is your technique when you're holding the brush right uh there's all and again makeup artistry is such a personal thing for so many people so mm-hmm. seeing that technique is really important as well too seeing you you know clean your kit is super important as well like all of these right. things like giving people an inside scoop and I get it. It's a lot, but if you want people to trust you, which like getting your makeup done is something that you have to trust somebody to do. Cause you're literally sitting in a chair for an hour or two. Uh, we really need to kind of get that sense of who you are as a business owner. I'm not saying we got to see all your life and all the things that you're right. doing. I just want to know, do you have your ducks in order as a professional makeup artist?
0: Mm. So yeah, that's fair. And so from a, from a brand perspective, perspective. So let's yes. say I'm a makeup artist going down this makeup artist train. Yes. Guys, I am not a makeup artist. <laughs> I, I, I do have a few friends that that play in this space. Yes. Um and so let's just say hypothetically you mm-hmm. wanted to um work with Sephora or yes. whatever major beauty brand, right?
1: Definitely Fenty. Definitely Fenty.
0: Fenty, right? So let's say that. How like What's what's my first move? Am I taking all my social media media collateral and I'm saying, "Listen, mm-hmm. I have this this amount of my average reel has this amount of views, mm-hmm. I have this amount of comments. Are you giving them that type of analytical stats along with like your your bio and your pitch? Like mm-hmm. what are like three things you think major brands like that would look for in order to kind of work with that 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 um influencer?"
1: Yeah, I, you know what? And I don't even really think it's like three things. Mm-hmm. I think nine times out of 10, I've had the ability to work with some amazing brands, right? Right. The number one thing that most of these brands want is for you to be good at what you do, mm-hmm. but also be ready to go. Because these brands also have a bunch of things that's going on within their own ecosystem. And the last thing that they want is to bring you into their ecosystem and feel like they have to walk you through every single thing that you need to do. So before you even make the decision to, you know, reach out or anything like that, make sure you're ready to go because they could say, yeah, let's work together. And then you're like, you know, oh, my God, I don't have this. and I don't have that. Right. So always kind of make I always say stay ready. So you never have to get ready. So that's always Mm -hmm. the first and foremost Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that as well, too, uh, again, just really having your work showcased in a beautiful way within right. your portfolio or your website or anything in relation to that. Like, that's probably the biggest thing is that brands just really want to see your work. Like, can mm-hmm. you do the work that we need? And it's even better if you've actually taken initiative to maybe even buy some of the products that the brand already has and showcase the brand who you're trying to pitch the right. same uh, the same like because that also shows the brand you're familiar with us, right You're aware of our products, mm-hmm. you know the style that we're looking for. you get what we're trying to do. So that also you're more in the running than someone who's just randomly pitching to them because you know everything about their brand. That's the other thing is that what I've learned is the reason why brands go with certain people and hire me or hire somebody else, is because I don't shy away from the fact that like, I love your brand. I'm aware of your brand. I know that you got this going on. I know that, you know, you know, you guys have an exciting launch and I want to be, and I want to see if there's something that we can do to work together and make this happen. Like there's so much to that, that comes through and having a really great portfolio of your work makes the most sense. Again, letting them know, doing your research is super big as well too. I feel like that's like the number one thing, like I'm a research like buff when it comes to beauty brands and things that businesses are doing. Like I get, uh, you know, news alerts coming in in my email every single Mm -hmm. day because I want to be on top of it. So knowing all of these things allows me to be able to reach out to the brand and say, hey, like I know you guys have this new exciting launch coming up. We would love to be able to create some content for you to highlight and promote this launch as mm-hmm. you you know move forward, and right. that's how you and that's essentially how you come to the stage, right? I got you. Cold, cold DMs, cold emails won't necessarily work. Like I've been able to, I've cold, um, I've cold pitched people before, but I've done it in a very personalized type of way that doesn't feel like so I'm. Are you? Out of- yeah. Are
0: you then tagging them in the post? Is that what you do? Absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, tagging so you're not, them, you're, yeah, yeah. Right, because if I
0: was saying like if you're not doing like cold DMs and cold emails, yeah. So I'm thinking you must be tagging yeah. them in the post, right?
1: Yeah, or I'm also like commenting on their content. Like I'm commenting mm. on their on posts. their post. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. I'm 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 responding to their stories. Like I'm doing all of this extra legwork to show that I'm very tapped in with Mm -hmm. what it is that they're doing. Because that's the other thing is like, you don't want to hire somebody that just is so disconnected to who you are as a brand. Like you want to hire somebody who pretty much knows the ins and outs of your brand better than um, sometimes you do. And it can really come up and show up as an asset, right? right? Because one of the things that I've realized is, you know, working with influencers and working with brands is that anybody that comes in and you feel like you have to tell them, again, every little thing to do, it's like, are you even aware of what it is that we're doing here? And even when I had my own beauty brand, it was the same thing. I had people who, you know, would DM me and email me every day saying, hey, like I do UGC because UGC is the big, big thing now. Right. Oh, I do UGC content and I would love to do this for your brand. Blah. blah, blah. Some people didn't even realize that we don't even sell products, mm-hmm. you know, that we that I was a subscription box that didn't right. sell our own products, but we partnered with other brands. Right. Some people don't even like, again, and you'd think in 2023, people would at least check out your social, check out your website, see what's going on, but they don't. So that, yeah. So that would also be a really, so for a brand. And again, I've been on that side where I have seen these DMS and emails and I just Mm -hmm. delete them. Mm. I just get rid of them because there's no indication to me that you've told, like you've even done your research to even know what we have going on. Right. Right. Or that you, you can find your way to be some sort of an asset Um, And so I feel like that's kind of like the, the makeup of being able to, to, you know, find your way to, to work with these brands. And then the other thing that just comes down to it as well too, is again, you just doing great work with the brands that you do work with Mm -hmm. so that you can continue working with those brands. You can continue to improve. And then eventually you're in the right space. You're in the right know-how and you're meeting like the marketing team for Fenty and it's like, oh, my God, I'm ready. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or they've maybe mm-hmm. seen my content before because I've been tagging them or so on and so forth. Like all of these things are a combination of you just being ready to go. Right. And that's the reason why I've been able to you know, work with some really amazing brands is because when I reach out, you, like we can sign the proposal today and I will right. give you something by the end of the week. Like we're right. ready to go. So. I love it.
0: Stay ready, so you never have to get ready. I love Absolutely. it. I love it. So, Nia, this is my last question for you, and then I'm really quickly. I have like a rapid fire question. Yes. So my last question is is like this: throughout your successful career thus far, what do you believe your best lesson you've learned from either? Failing, even though we say you see failures as lessons or pushing through adversity. What do you think is the, the, the number one thing or the best thing that you've learned through adversity, essentially?
1: um, To never stay down. Mm. Like you're going to have a bunch of things knock you down in business and in life. Um, I've had a lot of things that have come into my way that have kind of knocked me off my equilibrium a little bit, but right. I never stayed down. Cause I always believe like, there's always, I can always, you know, find a way. Like, I always say like, I'm very solution oriented. Like my brain doesn't, again, doesn't like come into failure and it doesn't think, oh my God, this is such a bad thing. Like my brain immediately is like, okay, what can we do? Like, what's the next move? Right. What's the next step? What's the other thing that we can do? Um, and, and not focusing on the down, but focusing on okay, what can we do to, you know, you know, do better or what can we do to move on to the next thing? Because if you stay down, then you're just going to be in that, you know, you're going to just, you're going to soak in it. And like, I don't believe we can do that. There's so much of life to those. There's so many things to experience. So never to stay down, get right back up with your scraped up knees and your bruised up shins and whatnot and get moving.
0: Right. I thought you were going to say brush your shoulders off because I was waiting for another (laughs) quote. Yeah, just,
1: you know, just, you know, give a little, give a little side. No,
0: I I hear you on that point. And I have like a mantra I incorporated in uh, 2020. It says, recognize the problem, but focus on the solution. So yes, uh, I'm with you on that. So really quick, uh, Nia, rapid fire questions where I ask you three questions. You give me the first thought that comes to your mind. My first question to you is, what is your favorite and least favorite social media platform?
1: Favorite, I will say it'll be a tie between Instagram and YouTube. Instagram, because it allowed me to do what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. And YouTube, again, because it's my favorite platform to be on. Like, I am Mm -hmm. in those YouTube streets. I be in the comments sometimes, Mm -hmm. tussling with people because, you know, whatever. Uh, And least favorite, and this is, I don't, don't, maybe I'm just, you know, Mm -hmm. I would probably say Twitter, just because Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm witty enough. I'm just not... You know and i also believe like twitter like in order to follow somebody on twitter like i just don't like are people other people like following other people on twitter outside of like journalists uh journalists and like celebrities because it's like why would i want to follow somebody to right. just hear their opinion i right. don't know that's right. my thing <laughs>
0: that's one platform i've always struggled with like yeah. i knew about it since like oh nine but i yeah. just i never could i have it i just couldn't i never could develop the rhythm to get on yeah. twitter and tweet and i'm
1: not a writer i'm not a writer girl i'm more mm. of a video that's fair my personality let me because i i talk with my hands i'm very right, right. extra and my boyfriend says i'm a drama queen so i do all right. the things for the video the mm. writing is where i you know i'm not as whatever but i can't i can write my you know clients have said i do right. good copy and whatnot but right. definitely twitter i wish right. yeah yeah
0: uh-huh.
1: love Second black twitter question.
0: though <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> point. Um, chat gpt what are your thoughts
1: uh i mean i think it's the future right like i think yeah. i've used it i see the the use for it i think with everything because you know everyone's talking about oh, this is the death of copywriters and this is you know mm-hmm. i just think you need to be able to figure out what these new things are doing and why they're here in the first place and instead right. of villainizing it figure out how you can work with it in tandem with the things that you're already doing.
0: Right. So are you using it being that you, you don't deem yourself as a writer? Are you kind of like cheat coding it and using chat? Yes. Well,
1: yes and no. Like I'll use it like for like, like research things. But then right. again, I just end up going on Google anyway and finding my own way to, you know, mm-hmm. put it into my own words because like, I'm not going to straight up use everything that they're mentioning, you know?
0: Right. Fair uh- enough. And my last one here for you Nia is what's a favorite quote. Or mantra that you live by.
1: <laughs> Real G's move in silence like lasagna.
0: <laughs> I love you. to
1: Lil Wayne, six foot, seven foot. That is my like go-to life move. Like I've mentioned it a couple times. Like. Mm-hmm. I am the girl that likes to, you know, keep my head down. I think my Instagram is always in quiet mode because I'm, I'm just working out here, man. I'm just trying to put in the work, put in my ten thousand hours. And when you see me pop out, I'm here. Enjoy it, and I'll go away, and then love I'll pop it. out again.
0: <laughs> that reminds me of uh, Kawhi Leonard's board man gets paid. Uh, yes, yes, I love <laughs> it. Just put your head down, go to work, get that's this work. money.
1: that's Without it.
0: i else? Speak for itself. Absolutely. Uh, Nia, yeah, this has been a beautiful conversation. So many gems were dropped. I know my listeners and my audience are going to get a lot out of this. There was a lot of practical advice and information that you were able to provide. So uh, I thank you personally for that. Uh, I know I got some gems out of that. Yeah. Um, and some quotables. You hit people here with the one twos. <laughs> um. So for the people that are listening. That would like to reach out to you, either hire you, collaborate with you, or maybe mm-hmm. they just want to follow you on TikTok or Instagram. What is the best way for them to do so?
1: Yes, you can follow me at at Socially Savvy Nia on Instagram. If you want to follow me on TikTok, it's at Socially Savvy Nia Lee. Uh, you can also follow uh, my agency page as well to Socially Media Agency, where we work. Uh, and do a lot of social media marketing, everything from strategy to content creation, video content creation specifically, and social media marketing uh, for BIPOC beauty, lifestyle, and wellness brands. Uh, that's pretty much what I'm doing now. I love it. I'm really good at it as well too. And the best thing that I can say when people work with me is they feel like they can take a breath because they have somebody who is on their team, understands the vision, and can get essentially get shit done that's really kind of what people bring me in for i like to say i'm my execution girly because i just like to get stuff done like mm-hmm. that is really just my my whole bread and butter
0: one thing i i must say about you neely is you have your elevator pitch really down i have to say that i don't know if that was intentional <laughs> but it rolled off your tongue so smooth so slick like that was really well done so thank you for bravo it. <laughs> bravo um so guys this uh concludes this episode of three questions by Corey Kareem and as many of you know I like to end each episode by saying this if you like to just impress people uh talk about your wins your successes your trophies your accolades yada 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 but if you really want to have an impact on someone else's life talk about your failures uh the struggles uh the down periods in your life that's how you really move the needle in someone else's life so with that being said Nia and myself are out peace and love until the next time
1: bye guys thanks Corey
0: only go clockwise